All right, folks, thank you for joining me. Here we are, January 21st, 2023, another market update for you guys. And we have a major announcement coming from Swift. Apparently, Binance customers are getting notices that they are no longer going to be able to send uh, money from a particular bank to Binance based off of Swift no longer funding crypto exchanges, I guess, unless you're moving over $100,000. I'm gonna get into it here shortly. As we've been saying, we are worried about our access to these some of these digital assets. Just the liquidity drying up in this space, these exchanges, the games that they are playing, we're in the middle of a liquidity pump taking place, right? And so we're gonna dissect this whole situation for you guys tonight, full update. Cryptocurrency, current events of the greatest transfer of wealth in world history. I just recorded a real estate market update for you guys, and I'm going to try to put out consistent real estate market updates. I, you know, one a week, eh, probably every other week or so, you know, to a couple of months at least, um, where we're looking at this real estate market and we're starting to see a little bit of weakness, plenty of opportunity on the way for us to, uh, on, on the way for those of us that are tapped in and ready and prepared for this moment, building teams ready to move on the real estate asset class. Going to be a fantastic opportunity. So I just recorded a market update that's going to drop on Monday. But we're coming here, it's almost uh, 8.30 here on the West Coast, so it's a late night session. Uh, but we're still running it up, we're still putting in the work, and we will not stop until we get that generational wealth. We know what we're going for here in the end, and uh, we know what we got to do to get there. And we don't need 50k XRP to get there, right? We're going to win regardless, and I appreciate everyone for tapping in tonight, all the real ones here with me. I appreciate you guys. We have the total cryptocurrency market cap at $1.04 trillion, just over $1 trillion. And Bitcoin is back down below 23K. We're at 22.7. for our Ethereum and XRP is at 40 and a half cents. 40 cents for our XRP, guys. This thing's moving. Okay, let's let's run it up. Massive session coming tonight. Let's get right on into it. Our good friend, Ron Paul. Once again, a globalist meeting took place in Davos this week. And it started 10 years ago. Like I, I've always told you guys, right? 10 years ago, this started with me uh, learning from Ron Paul about the Federal Reserve starting to understand money and how the Federal Reserve, that that entity that has nothing to do with America or our federal government, controlling the monetary policy and the strings that they've been able to pull from that institution have been truly incredible. Ron Paul says this, once again, a globalist meeting took place in Davos this week. Of course, one bad idea after another was propagated. The world and all of humanity can't be micromanaged by a group of rich individuals with access to the levers of power. They only create bigger problems for everyone. And they they have a agenda that is just something that I'm not looking to participate in. So once again, huge shout out to Ron Paul, a real one, should have been our president. He, he would have done a great job. Back when he ran in 2008, I first got wind of him. And then by 2012, I was full into understanding and putting together this whole conspiracy. I mean, I mean, you know, you were you were taught, everyone's taught, the mainstream tells us that you're crazy if you believe in any conspiracy, even though the, the Federal Reserve story from the beginning is a conspiracy going back 100 years ago that they don't talk about in school. They don't teach us. And then they give us the CPI lie today at 6.5% and say, trust me, bro, it'll be just fine. Let's ban gas stoves. How about that program? Check it out. This is what we have. This is the agenda that I'm seeing. You know, mostly, you know, most of the agenda that I'm seeing, most of the plan that I'm hearing from that World Economic Forum in Davos is a plan of rolling us into a more socialist system. And we continue to see how that program worked out. Martha Bueno. When I lived in Venezuela in the 1980s and 90s, I vividly recall my father telling his friends 
and neighbors that socialism was coming to Venezuela. And their response was, quote, what happened in Cuba can't happen here. We have too much petroleum and freedom. It did happen and worse. Today, many Americans tell me that the socialism they want, democratic socialism, won't lead to what happened in Cuba and Venezuela. If you believe this, you're wrong. The problem is being wrong means destroying our country and a simple sorry later won't suffice. Once again, very clear to me which program's working out. And, and you know, uh, it, it, for those of those the, for those that want the the government, that want the socialism to take care of them, want the handouts, want the program. Good luck, God bless to you. Our country's broke. No one wants to hold our reserve currency. They don't care about not using the SWIFT system. They're doing trade deals without the United States dollar. They do not care how woke you go. They are laughing as they establish new reserve currency status, new SWIFT systems, new distributed ledger technologies backed by gold. Laughing at us over here. And we got a population here in this country that has no idea what they've signed up for. And, and, and you see where this leads time and time again. Now, no one, no, no one learns about that conspiracy that we talked about, right? The Federal Reserve. And they don't tell you in school the, what was the largest cause of death in the 20th century. It was actually uh, genocide, death, death by government. They don't tell you that. And that most of those deaths came from socialist, communist governments. Just some of the facts that they leave out in the history lessons that they teach us here in America while they teach our kids to go woke, while they tell us to accept being broke, while they tell us crickets got good protein. You don't need a gas stove. In fact, a gas stove's bad for you. Drilling a well on your land, you're not allowed to do that. You can't get natural water from your land. No, no, you can't. You're not supposed to be gardening right? You're supposed to go to the supermarket. You're supposed to continue living within their system. And you know, you don't even need to work anymore. You just sign up for the handouts. You just accept the CBDCs, accept the program that they have waiting for us. The program that they have waiting for us that they're talking about in Davos, right? For everyone to see, right? Like, like we continue to say, good luck. God bless to them. Our country's broke. But regardless of whatever the hell you're doing, we are not going to participate in that in that deal. Thank you, but no thanks. We are good. My family's good. My 401k, well, I don't have a 401k, but my investment portfolio ain't going to get in that program. You know, and, and it's, it's, it's interesting to watch it finally, finally start to unravel. And it's unraveling at an accelerating rate. And it's incredible to see. An incredible opportunity. We think it can't happen here in the United States with the socialism. We also think it can't happen here with the hyperinflation. Check it out, folks. Christian Mischler ordered my first coffee at 10.30 a.m., the second one at 1 p.m. The Lebanese lira lost value during that time, resulting in two different charges. The coffee price is pegged to USD. You see right here, 103000 Lebanese lira for the first coffee and 112,000 for the second one. Total $4 US, I guess, is what the total charge is, right? But you have two separate charges within the matter of just a few hours because the exchange, exchange uh, rate 
The currency rate, the currency price is changing so rapidly on a day-to-day basis, making those types of moves. Now, I was telling you guys that I watched that new Vice documentary about 100% inflation in Argentina. And they showed the mom groups trading clothes for food and what the local people there were doing for, for money, for trade, for barter. And, and how I, I showed you guys how, or I was telling you guys, everything in the store from a bag of chips to what, whatever it was, was three, 400 bucks in the local Argentina pesos, right? And we think it can't happen here, right? And we think that we're actually, you know, this is the funny part, is a lot of these people think that they're doing the right thing. This is politically correct, Socialism's the new the new program here that is going to save America is what some people believe. How's it worked out in Leb- Lebanon right here? You see, I mean the currency fluctuations, Argentina 100% inflation. Following that up with the fantastic news coming out here this week. The tech sector layoffs just hitting one after another. Google fired 12,000, Microsoft fired 10,000, Amazon fired 18,000, and we have now reached this. You can see this chart. Have you lost your job in this firing craze? From Martin Hespick, and he shares this chart here. We have over 100,000 layoffs since last year in the tech sector. More than, more than 30,000 roles cut so far in January. Now, I talked about this in the real estate market update that I just recorded that's going to drop Monday for you guys. So be ready for that one to drop. But this is the real situation. Remember, they told us we can't call this a recession. They told us it's not politically correct to call it a recession. And now, right, we have people that are getting laid off. But the economy is going to be just fine. Don't worry, folks. And and this is the outright, outright lies that they perpetuate on a daily basis and the manipulation of these markets that's still underway. Not Financial Advice Crypto shares this one with us. Some of the headlines that came out moments before the entire crypto market pumped. On 12:23, we get Jim Kramer. Says I would not touch crypto in a million years. We get Bill Gates on January 12th. Pours cold water on Web3 and crypto. Then on the 19th of January, just recently at Davos, we got Jamie Dimon. Mox Crypto says it's a pet rock. Well, I'm about to show you what, what crypto did. Not that I'm a fan of Bitcoin. You guys know that. But I'm going to show you guys what crypto did at the end of this. Bitcoin's up 50, 50% from the November lows. It's already done a pump of, of 50% since the November lows while they're telling us that there's nothing here to look at. Wouldn't touch it in a million years. Mox Crypto says it's a pet rock. Pours cold water on it on web3 and crypto from bill gates and to continue on not financial advice dot crypto says this think about how effed up that is the top people who have exclusive insider knowledge of the finance system and the truest understanding of where things are headed use mainstream headlines to intentionally lie to the public so pre-positioned interests can profit how long can this blatant deception continue how can three of the most influential men in finance uniformly get it this wrong again on the most popular news channels moments before a pump without millions of people catching on to their game? It's truly mind-blowing the way that they always talk their book. Absolutely. Now, you guys are going to laugh here. I'm going to give a shout-out. Shout-out to Blockchain Boy for sharing this one. And as we've been saying, once again, we're in a liquidity pump. What they're doing is they're they're pumping this thing up, taking the exit liquidity, right? 
and they're using that to pay off their loans, pay off their margin. This is a coordinated pump taking place. If anyone is wondering why we're rallying so hard and we take a look at this chart and it shows us, it shows us the moves going back here to the beginning of this, uh, beginning of this month or sorry, no, 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 sorry. Back into towards the beginning of December, right? Oh no, sorry, sorry guys. This is this month. I apologize. This is January this month. 203 million printed at Binance, uh, sorry, minted at Paxos, 133 Binance printed at Paxos, 194 million printed at Paxos, Binance. This is Binance, guys. Up top here, 148 million printed from the USDC Treasury. How about that one? That one, that one just took place on the 20th. So that was just yesterday. We had 148 printed, and look at the pump that we got yesterday. I mean, you can see this thing climbing up the whole way. Binance at the Paxos Treasury, though, you can see the hundreds of millions that have been printed. And, and I do believe that CZ is absolutely 100% part of this, this manipulation. He's part of this pump. I mean, he's, he's showing us. I mean, and the speculation is, is continues to circulate this space about the, the fighting that's taking place between these guys. And so once again... Here we are, us us retail investors. We're just trying to figure this thing out. The, the, the masses and the people that are just now learning about crypto in the comments that I'm seeing down below, especially on TikTok and in Twitter, people are feeling it. People are tight. People are frustrated. People are over the clickbait and the BS. And then we finally get this pump. 50%. And once again, it shows us the opportunity in crypto, why it's so massive. Yes, Yes, I love my precious metals. Absolutely. There's a reason, I believe, to have some precious metals on the portfolio. But we haven't seen it do 50% in a move like this. Now, silver actually has moved pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. But Bitcoin doing a 50% pump since November. And you guys know me. I don't care at all for Bitcoin. But it shows how quickly cryptocurrency can move. Once again, look at what XRP did. What did XRP go down to? 27 cents? It was below 30 cents there. We got a little liquidity dump. And what they're doing is they're cleaning this out. This is 100% market manipulation, guys. Check this out. 300 million of shorts destroyed in the last 24 hours. The tide is turning. And obviously, Rand Nooner, he's he's a max a maxi, um, you know, perma perma proof of work bull. Rand Nooner doesn't doesn't like XRP. Hater of XRP and Ripple, but whatever. The point being, guys, is that the Martin, and, and this is once again, you get these doofus morons stepping up to the plate. Uh, 300 million in shorts wiped out. The tide is turning. M uh, bottom is in. Catch the pump. Let me put laser eyes back on my profile picture and, and put out another FUD piece on XRP and Ripple. That's what these guys do. But the point being, they pump crypto once again here, wiping out 300 million in shorts. Which, if I was still trading this market, you know what I would be doing right now. As I was doing before, as I'm going to show you guys at the charts at the end of this session, we're right back to where we were. No reason to get excited. And in fact, more reason to be worried the fact that it happened so quickly, right? We're definitely going to pull back somewhat. It's just a matter of how far we pull back. And you guys see what we just showed you guys in the last slide, how much printing of the stable coins, the Binance stable coin, and then we have... USDC as well. Okay. 
Massive manipulation still taking place in the cryptocurrency st space. Stay safe out there. And also, this is what we're worried about right here. Breaking. This is the SWIFT announcement. SWIFT will no longer process fiat currency transfers from bank accounts to cryptocurrency exchanges with a value of less than $100,000. Effective February 1st, uh, 2023. The move will thwart crypto access to tens of millions of people worldwide. So not only is SWIFT cutting off the retail investor if, if unless you have $100,000 to move, you're not going to be able to fund your cryptocurrency exchange, right? But we also are getting the story, right, that the SEC is trying to move up accreditation to $10 million. And then obviously, Gary wants to make all of these unregistered securities offerings. And, and then once you do label them securities, right, then you would have to be an accredited investor to get in them pre-IPO before they go to the Wall Street shills. And then your financial advisor your Wall Street broker is going to pitch you the deal. And then you get in late. And the common man or woman doesn't have an opportunity like presents itself today. Why our content, why the reason why we speak with urgency is not about FOMO. It's based off of a real understanding that they are cutting us off. They don't want us to have this opportunity. XRP is not meant for us. Yes, we can use it. Yes, we can play around with it. We can put our little NFTs on it now. Let's put our pictures of penguins on the NFT on the XRP ledger. We can do a metaverse. We're seeing all of the use cases for XRP coming available, right? But at the end of the day, right now, what do we see? Swift. Now, I'm going to show you guys this article. Let's let's look into this a little bit further. Swift payments network access cut to crypto exchanges. This was sent to a Binance customer. And it says that the banking partner that services your account has advised that they are no longer able to process SWIFT fiat USD transactions for individuals of less than 100,000 USD as of February 1st, 2023. Asia markets can reveal banks, including New York's Signature Bank, will no longer process fiat currency transfers to cryptocurrency exchanges with a value of less than 100000 via the SWIFT network effective from February 1st, 2023. Now, if that's the case for one bank, New York Signature Bank, why would that not be the case for all 11,000 member banks of the SWIFT network, folks? And this is what we've been talking about, right? The exchanges started to delist XRP after the lawsuit got dropped. And now we see once again here, confirming what we've been saying all along, that they have the ability to shut off the on-ramps and the off-ramps for these assets. They have the ability. Gary Gensler wants to raise accreditation to protect us. He wants to raise accreditation to $10 million. Now, to be an accredited investor, you need a million dollars net worth or 250 grand income. Well, Gary wants to raise that limit. He thinks that by, by doing so, he can protect us. And what is that actually doing? It's eliminating the opportunity to invest in assets like cryptocurrencies, access to uh, pre-IPO stock, right? You get in while the company's still private, while it's still on the ground level, before it does an IPO. Before you have to buy it, it goes to the NASDAQ, it goes to the major Wall Street exchanges, and then your financial advisor gets to pitch you, take his cut, whether you make money or not, he's selling you the new fund. He's selling you the new stock. Your money's moving. He's making money, whether it goes up or down.
This is what we've been talking about for a while. And it's not about trying to get people to FOMO in. It's legitimately saying, well, the exchanges are delisting. Now, unless you have $100,000, you ain't funding your account. Or you're going to have to go through different on-ramps. Right? And, and it's interesting because while Ripple and uh, the on-demand liquidity growth, we're seeing more corridors fire up, more banks and financial institutions. But then we get the news out of India that they're firing up ODL corridors, but the retail customer is not holding XRP. They're holding XRP. The little peasant doesn't get a hold XRP. Absolutely not. In fact, the Central Bank of India says that there should be a cryptocurrency ban as they usher in the CBDC. So we have not been trying to get people to FOMO into these assets, but we have been trying to get them to understand our ability to get into these assets and to also exit is drying up. It, it, you know, you know, is under threat, we could say. There's still options. There's still workarounds. And that's why I continue to say you have to have multiple exchanges, multiple on-ramps, multiple off-ramps. You have to be able to buy, uh, you know, all sorts of digital assets, right? Uh, and, and so you got to go to different exchanges. And then when you go to store them, you got to have multiple wallets as well. Multiple exchanges, multiple on-ramps, off-ramps, and multiple ways to store it. Multiple wallets. Some cryptocurrency you can't put on a ledger. You can't put on a Ellie Pal Titan, right? So we've talked about this. It takes a serious amount of time to just be prepared to actually buy these assets right now. Because... You know, like like we're saying here, it's one thing if you're just trying to go buy a few hundred bucks worth of a crypto, but think about someone who's got some money that wants to move in with a serious amount and uphold limits you to 500 bucks on your debit card or your credit card, right? So getting all your ducks in a row, having the ability to even buy these assets, and that's a big point of why I've always been clear with you guys, I'm not selling off my XRP and trying to buy back in lower. Through all this market craziness, all the way up to $2 XRP, and we're doing the math on our calculators and we think we've made it. I thought I was a genius when XRP was back up to $2. I still think I'm kind of smart, kind of stupid when it comes to some things, but we've just been continuing to accumulate because we do believe we're doing the right thing, but we thought we'd made it, right? Here we back are, and not for one second did I think about selling my XRP off at $2. Not for one second if I'm, am I thinking about selling off at these lower levels. When I understand the true value in this distributed ledger technology, this reserve digital currency, unlike any other cryptocurrencies in the existence here. Major super chat there from Fee, 10 spot. Zach, uh, anyone, I know credit cards are not allowing to purchase of crypto, but could we use prepaid gift cards? Anyone do it? Once again, all these workarounds, all the things that you're having to do to just buy crypto. It shouldn't be this hard. But yeah, we've talked about it. I remember two years ago uh, when I first got started here telling people, if you're in New York, you're going to have trouble. I mean, still, if you're in New York, you're going to have trouble, right? But I said, do whatever you got to do. If your friend in a different state has to buy it, send it to your wallet. If you got to go to a different state. I, I don't know if your friend has to, you have to go, uh, he has to load up a ledger and you're going to drive across state lines and go pick up your ledger. Whatever you got to do, you got to get these assets before they lock us out, before these on-ramps and off-ramps get closed, before, guys, this is major. We have to understand this. If this is the case for any SWIFT member bank, we're talking about 11,000 banks across the world. 
And for those of us in the Western countries, most likely you're banking and you're going to be doing a swift transaction if you try to send a cross-border transaction. And these exchanges, once again, that are overseas, that aren't based. See, this is why this, this matters is because this is U.S. users, right? Obviously, you have Binance US to use. Then you have uh, the, the global Binance uh, as well. But then you have exchanges all across the world that allow you to get into some of these assets. But if we get dried up, if our on-ramps or off-ramps literally get taken out, these are the bridges. These are the fiat bridges for us to get access are getting blown up by the enemy in real time, folks. The war is here. XRP, whether you think it's meant for us or not. Can you get it? Seriously. If you have 100 grand to allocate, can you get it? Apparently, from New York Signature Bank, if you have 100,000, you'd still be able to load up. You'd still be able to load up on Binance. But if you have less than that, you're not going to be able to. So we've been talking about this for a while. It just kind of confirms what we've been warning about. But we got some further big announcements, guys. These ones for Stellar, big time. Uh, this was shared by Esoteric XRP. It says, we could definitely see more of these coming. First bank in Netherlands to register a digital bond on the blockchain. Guess who they used? Stellar. Now, what I thought was so interesting about this announcement is that Brad Garlinghouse was literally on stage with the president of the Central Bank of the Netherlands. So this, this was just in Davos. The panel that Brad Garlinghouse was speaking on included the president of the Central Bank of the Netherlands. And then we get this announcement. But this wasn't the only announcement that we get right around the timing of Davos, especially for Stellar here. A couple big ones that have been announced recently. XLM is known as one of the main rivals to Ripple's XRP. And it was just revealed, well, some, some call them rivals, right? We would call them partners. We would call we would we would call it an understanding that was achieved between the parties at Ripple and Jen McCaleb and the Stellar team. I think that an understanding has been reached, an understanding of one's roles in the future financial system. XLM is known as one of the main rivals to Ripple's XRP, and it was just revealed that the foundation will be joining as an advisory member for the US Commodity Futures Trading Commission. So how about that, folks? We're in the middle of a Ripple versus SEC lawsuit over XRP. Meanwhile, Stellar is joining here the CFTC as an advisor member. They're the only blockchain advisor to be included in this as well. So a couple major there, major ones announcements, you know, been being made there for Stellar. That's great to see. Once again, once again, we got to confirm though, are they just advising? Right? Is this is this a photo op? Are they just advising? They're doing a fireside chat? Or are they actually customers and clients and users and adopting the digital asset? So we just covered, right? Big announcement from Brad Goinghouse at Davos that over 50% of the RippleNet transactions are now going through XRP. That's a major, major announcement that you're not going to hear from the mainstream media and you ain't going to hear it from the mainstream crypto bros either. They're too busy focused on the other nonsense to actually listen to Brad Garlinghouse, the king of the cryptocurrency space, take the stage with the central bankers, not doing a fireside chat with Will I Am. Shout out to Hedera and Casper Labs. Congratulations. Good stuff. Love to see it. But once again, bringing it back to the Stellar CFTC role, we see Stellar, CFTC advisor, 
great to see, love to see it, fantastic. But then we also saw that Danell Dixon, who is the, what is, she, is he the CEO of the Stellar Development Foundation right now? I believe Danell Dixon, running the show over there at Stellar, basically, was actually testifying in Congress last year, once again, being a leader in the space, being called upon already, showing up in Congress, shaking hands with those guys and gals doing the DC dance over there. And it's great to see. We see that, I, I think that the um, the CFTC actually uh, chose like JP Morgan and some of the uh, older traditional players to, to be advisors, but Stellar was the only blockchain company chosen to be an advisor. And so once again, we love to see that. And that confirms what we've been saying all along, that they both know their role. Ripple, Stellar, XRP, XLM. Now, I put out the tweet tonight. I said, it looks like to me that SWIFT needs a wholesale liquidity token, right? They need a wholesale liquidity token to move that value around. And they told us, right? All the haters told us that SWIFT GPI was the XRP killer. And now we see that SWIFT shutting down. I don't know if the transactions are too expensive or if they're just trying to shut us out. But regardless, we see how the SWIFT program's working, right? And, and, and once again, we see... XLM Stellar playing that role, putting in the work as well at the CFTC here. And then the partnership that we got before that was the first digital bond on a blockchain uh, here, in, here in the Netherlands, and it's going on the Stellar blockchain. Now, I feel like I've already heard of digital bonds being issued on a blockchain, um, but this is obviously the first bank in the Netherlands to do so. And then, like I said, I just found the timing of this announcement to be so interesting. And, and like we always say, right, every time Ripple fires up a corridor in like Africa, in a country in Africa or, or wherever, we'll see Stellar follow right behind. And it's the same thing here. Brad speaks on stage at Davos with the president of the Central Bank of the Netherlands. And then we see that Stellar announces this, the first digital bond on blockchain on Stellar. And so it's funny how they piggyback off each other. But like I said, I think that the, the, the partnerships we know go way back. They literally built the, the code together. Jed McCaleb, David Schwartz, Arthur Brito. Jed left, and now, here we are in 2023, and Jed McCaleb has finally offloaded his XRP. He's gotten rid of it. Major, major announcements for Stellar. We love to see it. Now, in regards to the Ripple versus the SEC lawsuit, I just got a quick one here for you guys. This guy asked this question. Hey, Jeremy, sorry if this has been answered before, but theoretically, what is the longest time a judge has taken to go over the evidence in a case like this and make a decision? Three months, six months, has it ever taken over a year? Now, Jeremy Hogan responds. He says, I'm sure it's taken longer than six months before, but federal judges... Federal judges get on a naughty list after a motion has been pending more than six months. So that's generally how you book end an opinion. Our clock started running September 15th. And so that lines up with what James Flan has been saying. He's prediction, predicting a ruling from the judge by no, uh, March, right? So if, if he said that the clock started ticking in September and most of these come within three to six months uh, or come within six months, and uh, we don't want to take it longer than six months. Otherwise, you get on a naughty list, I guess, according to Jeremy Hogan. So it looks like, once again, another lawyer with another 
prediction, it, it, you know, not a prediction, but, but just explaining how these court cases work out. We are damn close. We are damn close and we've been waiting and I feel the same pain that you guys feel, but we are damn close guys. And let's take a look here. Let's take a look here because this was another major announcement from Brad Goinghouse at Davos. The way that he pulls up looking so classy, so smooth, this is just the most beautiful presentation given on the world stage. And then what does Brad say? He wasn't going to leave that world stage without calling out the SEC, calling them embarrassing. Cowboy Crypto, this was the quote here. Brad says, I think the SEC's behavior has been embarrassing as a U.S. citizen, but the suit is now fully uh, filed and fully briefed in front of the judge. I'm optimistic sometime in the coming single-digit months we'll have closure. So Brad confirming that he believes here soon we will have closure. Now, you heard from Brad that he said that he doesn't think that a settlement is likely based off of the posture of the SEC. And once again, that can be posture from Brad Gollinghouse as well. Just, you know, talking tough, right? That we don't see a settlement happening in our party. They don't want to really do the deals. Meanwhile, the lawyers are sitting down or the lawyers had been sitting down. And we also know that Brad was sitting in the office of Jay Clayton in the SEC back in 2018. <laughs> so is all the world's a stage? Is the case going to be over soon? It does appear so. It does appear so. Now, quick look at the technical analysis. Are you ready for the pump that will take place eventually, sometime? Single digit months for this case to wrap up? Hopefully, maybe single digits months for XRP to actually, you know, um, get us excited again. Let's take a look. Dark Defender with this one. Dark Defender, here we go. XRP Bitcoin pair status zoomed in. Taking a look here, correlation between XRP and Bitcoin. Says XRP Bitcoin has finalized the second wave correction. The third wave will kick in shortly, targeting XRP will be uh, around. Um, sorry. Sorry. Uh, he says XRP will be 0. 0.0000487 uh, Bitcoin price around the 31st of March. Okay, what does that mean? Because that's confusing. It means XRP will appreciate three times more than Bitcoin. That's what that means, means, folks. XRP will appreciate 3x against Bitcoin within the third wave. Let's take a look. We are ready to ride that wave. That is absolutely for sure. RSI double tap achieved. And you guys see the move. It is massive. And it will appreciate three times against Bitcoin according here to Dark Defender, what he's looking at. Now, let's pull up this Bitcoin chart. Let's take a look. Let's do some doofus moron TA. Shout out. Thank you for joining me tonight. Cheers, everyone. I appreciate you guys for joining me here tonight. Okay. Let's take a look. Let's take a look. Bitcoin, as I told you guys earlier, 50% pump. Congratulations. I hope you enjoyed it while it lasted. I hope you enjoyed this while it lasted. Major super chat from George Soto, 20 spot major. God bless you, George. Zach, I missed the bottom to scoop cheap crypto and feel horrible with this huge pump. I was left behind. Don't worry. Don't fear my brother. It will be coming back down and you're already seeing it started to roll over 
and I do believe that we have time. I'm remaining patient. Sure, sure, we could have made some money on this run-up, absolutely, but I'm not trading this market. I'm only picking up my fundamental positions. I believe that we're in a liquidity crisis for the cryptocurrency space. So we're going to continue to dollar cost average. It's not about timing the absolute bottom to scoop up cheap crypto, but we are going to take advantage when this thing rolls back over, when we go back down to the downside, when I believe a new bottom does get set, we're going to be ready to pounce on those deals. But that's a major super chat, George. I appreciate the support. Let's go back to the chart. Okay, you can see what we're working with. Doofus more on TA is what I do right here for you guys. And what do we have? I'm going to turn off the moon phases for one second. We go back to November. We were at 15,600. We have pumped and achieved a 50% pump since November, since the FTX collapse. We got the FTX collapse right there in the beginning of November. And then we went and we double tapped the bottom of that structure. And that was 15,600. Bitcoin then melts faces, pumps 50% back up here over $23,000. Now, at the time of this recording, we're trading at 22,841. This is the Qcoin four-hour chart. But let's zoom out. Let's zoom out and let's take a look. Let's turn on our moon face. A lot of people mock me, make fun of the moon face. To me, it's pretty damn clear. What did we tell you earlier this month? Why do we have this vertical line right here on January 21st, new moon? Gee, go figure. On this exact day of the new moon. We top out at 23K. I'm not telling you that you have to worship the moon. But there's something to this moon phase pattern. Huge shout out to my boy Waters Above Crypto. Tapping us in. Go figure. New moon, January 21st. And we pump all the way to 23K. Now, you see the structure. You follow this pattern, right? Let me delete this. Let me get that out of the way. And you see where we were at, full moon of January 6th. We were talking about it, right? And we didn't really get the bearish energy. The bearish energy came in five days before. We got that window of opportunity. Five days before, five days after, we expect that energy to come in. And it's going to be the bearish energy around that full moon. Sure enough, right around New Year's, we bought them out. That was at the 16.3 level. Then we start to pump all month leading up. And we gave you the date. We gave you the warning. New moon, January 21st. 23K, roll it over, back down to the downside, back down to the downside. But you can see, I zoomed out, I zoomed out going all the way back here to August when we reached that 25K level. And remember, this is what we've been doing. We were just shorting Bitcoin all through this opportunity right here, all the way. It was at the end of July, August, September, and October. I was shorting the hell out of Bitcoin all through here. And every time Bitcoin went above 20K, I entered a new short. Remember when it went right here up to 22.8? Uh, Back here in uh, September, 22.8. You know I was sweating my Bitcoin short. But then it rolled back over to the downside. And we went eight for nine and we grew our trading bag 100%. But I zoom out to show you guys this. The 25K level is a level that we achieved back there in August. No reason to get excited, especially based off the fundamental data that we're taking a look at every every single day. 
Remember, we go back and we look at this chart. Where did who showed us this one? This was Blockchain Boy. Where is he at? Blockchain Boy showed us this one. And this is all the stable coins that were printed. Quote unquote stable coins, they call them. From the USDC Treasury, we get 148 million USDC printed just yesterday. Just yesterday. Go figure. Incredible timing. It's almost like the market maker magician whales manipulators behind the scenes time the markets to move around this moon phase, don't they? <laughs> it's incredible. 148 million printed, minted at the USDC treasury yesterday. Go figure. We pumped up at 23K. And then you see all of the Binance stablecoin that's been printed this month at the Paxos treasury right here. So shout out to Blockchain Boy for showing us that chart, right? Now we go back. Let's take a look here. Let's zoom in. Zoom in. This is going back to November, right in here, back to November, FTX. What did we say leading up to it? Major, major sacrifice opportunity coming up in the cryptocurrency space. Full blood moon lunar eclipse on November 8th, election day. Never forget, FTX was the chosen participant in the ritual. Ritual sacrifice, full moon, takes us down 15-6. Later that month, November 21st, we bought them out 15-5. Now, we start this new year with some new energy. They run us all the way up. And remember, we showed you guys on the 23rd right here. This is when, um, who was that? On the 23rd, that was Jim Cramer on the 23rd. I'm not touching crypto in a million years. Then on the 12th, Bill Gates also hating on crypto. And then just a couple days ago, Jamie Dimon mocks crypto, says it's a pet rock. Meanwhile, massive, massive pump. And this is what they're doing to play with the retail, the retail space. They're, they're breathing a little bit of life into the space. A lot of people feeling good. A lot of people calling the bottom is in. 300 million in shorts getting wrecked. And I'm sure that was actually almost 24 hours ago. I'm sure that even more got wrecked since, right? But now what are they going to do? Now that they breathe life back into it. Now that they get us all excited. I believe that they're going to pull this thing back. Fundamental data tells me that we have not cleaned out this space. Fundamental data watching the treasury flows tells me that Binance printed a Shiite load of Binance coin last month. And then, gee, go figure, another $148 million printed at USDC yesterday. Sounds about right. But these guys want to tell you, these shills want to tell you that the bottom is in. Get excited. I would love to be excited. I would love to be that guy. And, and it's interesting because I get attacked for being a hopium guy. I get attacked for being a moon boy. Not just for looking at the moon phase and throwing the moon phase up on my doofus moron chart. But I get hated on for being a moon boy and talking about crazy, you know, prices for these assets, right? But what did I do? Right? You guys know. I put in the damn title. Fake out bull trap rally again. Now, if I was trying to pump, if I was trying to get excited and, and, and I was all about hopium and just a permable like the rest of these guys, I wouldn't be putting that in the title. I wouldn't be putting another bull trap rally underway. 
in the title of my videos. So yes, I put out content like today where I showed you guys how David Schwartz did the math on XRP going to $100 plus. I put out content like that, but what am I telling everybody right now? On a daily basis, I've been saying this. XRP up to 40 cents. Great, fantastic. This is an exit liquidity pump. It's not going to last. And we could easily go back below 30 cents for XRP. I'm not FOMOing in. I'm waiting. I'm remaining patient. This is none, none of this program is about hopium. We do have faith, right? But we have proven strategies that we're going to be executing on right now, right? And, and I'm super excited. I just recorded the real estate market update for you guys. That's going to be dropping on Monday. Make sure to check that out. And I'm going to be showing you guys, you know, how I'm viewing the real estate asset class and how I'm going to be maneuvering into it. We're about to be doing another real estate session in our Discord group. So if you're looking to join us over there, that's going to be exclusive for the Discord group. And you're going to be talking. We're going to be joining a conversation with people that are really doing deals right now, still making money, still making it work, right? And we're also talking, we talked in the Discord group this morning at our weekly call. Every Saturday, we have our weekly Discord call. We talked about having another prepping session because we've been talking about that for two years, talking about uh, you know how to actually properly store your food and essentials and what to be prepared for and the role that precious metals will play in offline assets and situations like we saw last week where Bank of America don't got your money. You know, when the systems go down, what are you going to do? How can you feed your family? When the systems go out, uh, you know, how are you going to keep the house warm? How are you going to keep the family fed? How are you going to protect your family? That's not about hopium. I, I mean, in fact, it's the complete opposite. It's it's not popular to be talking about prepping and essentials during a crypto bull market. When I got all these crypto projects hitting me up, hey, will you put out a post? Hey, will you sponsor this? Will you do this? And I say, nope, I'm good. Thank you. I know what's going to happen with you guys. You don't want to come have a conversation with me. Most of these guys don't want to have a conversation with me because we're not going to be on the BS and the hopium. And we're not going to accept a check and play nice. We're, we don't do softball questions. So they know that, right? But then during a bull market, all this mania that was taking place to be talking about prepping essentials wasn't popular, but we knew we had to do it. And look at what took place last year with the food prices. It's not about being a crazy prepper in a lights out situation necessarily. We also saw that it would have paid off as an investment. Look at the chart on eggs for crying out loud. And so once again, we're putting together a prepping session that's going to be coming up in the Discord group on top of the real estate session that we're going to be having in there as well. And it's massive. The amount of value that we're going to be bringing to the Discord group, if you want to get tapped in on another level within the community, I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. It's over at my website. Now, the other way that you can support the channel is by using our affiliates. And you guys know the deal. I've been stacking my silver. You guys who are looking to roll over your 401k, protect your 401k retirement account that might get hurt further than it already did last year. Uh, I've partnered up with someone down below that will get your 401k retirement account rolled on over to Precious Metals. So I'm not here to be your financial advisor. And I know that your financial advisor is going to tell you that you shouldn't roll it over to gold and silver and that you should trust me, bro, and that the 60-40 portfolio is still tried and true and it'll come back even though the 60-40 portfolio had its third worst year ever last year. Bond market makes up 40% of that 60-40 portfolio had its worst year ever. Tough number is a tough pill to swallow for the financial advisor, for the Wall Street broker, the shills. 
but that's the truth. So my partner down below will help you roll over your 401k retirement account to precious metals if that's a move you're looking to do. It does take some time, so I'd recommend starting the process if you're going to consider. Start the process now because it does take some time. But guys, once again, we were talking about in my in my Discord group this morning, and I'm looking at Filecoin right now. It's the next coin that I'm planning on deep diving is Filecoin. But we were talking and having another great conversation about how the, the, the utilities for some of these projects are, are nowhere near the value, the dollar amount, the problem that is payments in liquidity, which is why XRP is our main holding, why we get excited about XLM, why we get excited about XDC, Enterprise Solutions. And we focus on who's solving institutional problems that are valued in the trillions of dollars. But I am going to deep dive Filecoin because I've, I've come across it lately and I started to realize there's something there and there's a real use case. And so personally, I haven't bought any Filecoin yet. You know, you know me, I'm completely transparent with you guys, but I'm going to go deep dive it and then I'm going to decide how much Filecoin I want to buy. So I'm going to deep dive it. I'm going to play my, my, my deep dive for you guys. And then I'm going to determine how much I want to buy after that. So um, once again, I don't do pump and dump. If, if I'm going to deep dive a project, it's because I'm genuinely interested in it. And I was interested in Filecoin back when it was at $50. Thank God I didn't invest then. Now here we are back below $5 and I'm going to deep dive it. I'm going to take a look at it and I'm going to consider an allocation, but I'll be, I'll be letting you guys know on that one. Now on Monday, I have the uh, real estate deep dive that's going to be dropping. Okay. That's going to be a massive session. But then on Tuesday, I'm going to be actually be sitting down with Fred Rispoli who filed the class action lawsuit against Coinbase just recently. And he's suing Coinbase over the Songbird and the Flare. And I'm really looking forward to that conversation. We're going to be recording it on Tuesday. And then I will be playing that one for you guys next week as well. So massive sessions coming up within the Discord group. Massive sessions dropping here. Monday's going to be the real estate market update. Tuesday, I'm recording the session with Fred Rispoli. If you haven't already, go back and watch the session that I did with Reggie Middleton. DeFi patent. Major, major session with Reggie that we just did. And Reggie always puts on a clinic with macroeconomics and history. I mean, he just schools me every single time. And I love Reggie because he brings that broader understanding. And then he's obviously someone who's building um, and has serious claims within the cryptocurrency space, make, basically claiming that most of the DeFi space as we know it is infringing upon his patent. And he's filed major lawsuits against Coinbase, major lawsuit against Circle. The update that I got from Reggie was, I'll read off my key takeaways for you guys from yesterday's session. Uh or actually I recorded it a couple days ago, but I dropped it yesterday, right? The session with Reggie, he's basically, uh, you know, asserting that every stable coin infringes. The most recent update that we have from the lawsuit though is Coinbase has filed a motion to dismiss the lawsuit, which is what most parties would probably do is they just file a motion to dismiss, see if they can just get rid of it. Maybe, uh, well, I'm not going to say anything further. I was going to say maybe pay off the judge, but I, I don't want to make any crazy claims like that. But I'm sure their Coinbase is completely up on the up and up with that. I shouldn't make any claims like that. But Coinbase uh, has filed a motion to dismiss Reggie's case. We'll see what happens with that. As far as the Circle one, they have not responded yet. Okay. But Reggie has filed a lawsuit against Circle, Coinbase, and he wouldn't tell me who the next party he is that he's going to bring a lawsuit against. But he said that within the next 24 hours, he's going to be dropping a lawsuit. So um, anytime now, we're expecting that one to be announced by Reggie. 
and and just to clarify, this is not Reggie suing them on a personal basis. This is Veritasium Capital or Veritasium, whatever his company's name is, filing the lawsuits. Okay. Now, we also talked about how MakerDAO, right? MakerDAO, they have over like six billion in assets within their platform. MakerDAO losing a patent lawsuit after a no response. So someone sued MakerDAO for patent infringement and Reggie said that MakerDAO just didn't even respond to it. And they, they, they've ended up losing this lawsuit. And MakerDAO is one of the biggest DeFi platforms in the space as it stands right now. And this wasn't Reggie's patent in, infringement, but this was somebody else. But MakerDAO just lost this. And he, he spoke on the broader DeFi space saying that basically what you had was a lot of just projects, a lot of DeFi projects that were put together by developers and marketers. And a lot of them were younger and they just threw them together without the proper legal structure. And this is going to come back to bite a lot of these projects in the ass. And a lot of them were just Ponzi schemes. And so we talked about how just from a fundamental un understanding, you go take a look at a, a, a true financial statement, a true analyst that would actually go in and look and do the due diligence on any one of these projects would rather quickly figure out that they weren't going to last and that they weren't set up properly. If any lawyer who understands what he's looking at could see that these were just thrown together, developers and marketers. And we saw it so prevalent, right? The developers threw it together, little basic smart contracts, Ethereum token factory. And then you team up with the marketers, you team up with the shills, pump and dump groups. And then we have the biggest ones in the space. MakerDAO couldn't even respond to this lawsuit that was alleging patent infringement. And so they've now lost this lawsuit, I guess. So I'm going to follow up on that one. But then I got Reggie's take. He didn't get a, a chance to take a look at the XRP buyback, the XRP buyback, right? But he, he had his lead analyst looked at the buyback and did agree that it was a good idea that it was a good claim. And the thing that he brought up is the fact that if Ripple had to do the buyback, he thinks that it's a good idea that this claim be made. And I hadn't even really thought about that, right? That Ripple could potentially be the ones that would have to do the buyback. Now, we talked about what happened with Veritasium, which was not a buyback. Veritasium holders were able to hold their Veritasium tokens, but they were able to participate in a very fair fund, is what it was called. In this case, uh, alleged fraud. Reggie Middleton never agreed to that. He, he never um, acknowledged that he was guilty of that fraud, right? He settled up with them and they ended up taking like eight or nine million dollars of his own personal wealth and the company wealth and the, the funds from that ICO, the money that he raised for that offering. They took and then they set up a very fair fund uh, is basically what it was called. And they took that money and then they were offering to pay back Veritasium holders, the damaged investors in Veritasium. But what Reggie said is that most people, basically an independent analyst within the community, basically came to the calculation that only about 1% of Veri token holders actually participated in that very fair fund. Reggie said that he even put out a few tweets about it, but many people just didn't know about it. And then many people just didn't want to participate because they didn't want to legitimatize the SEC's claims. They didn't want to legitimatize what the SEC did to Reggie Middleton and Veritasium.
but it was interesting to see, get his thoughts on it. And he did see, you know, from his lead analyst said that he thinks that it's a good idea to make that claim. And Reggie kind of made a point about if, if, you know, it was deemed as an unregistered securities offering and somehow what, whatever ended up being, if Ripple had to do the buyback, right? Then that claim, he, he says that, you know, he did think it was far-fetched, but he did think that it was a good claim to make, which is where, you know, you know, where we've tried to bring the conversation. Yes, it was initially considered the, the, the Federal Reserve buyback, which wasn't even a, a term that was brought about by Jimmy Valley or the committee. It was kind of just brought about by people within the community who were trying to make a shorthand name, a shorthand version of, you know, explaining what the committee was working on, which we've now talked about. And I've tried to make clear what we're trying to talk about is the fair market value of XRP, corporate governance, i.e. our United States corporation that's bankrupt and bust. And we have a debt crisis and a, a currency crisis underway. And then also commercial law, because we've getting a change to the UCC right now that's taking place. Article 12 of the UCC is being adopted, uh, adapted and changed for what they call as controllable electronic records, CERs, but it's, it's basically their term for digital assets. So this conversation goes so much further than 50K XRP buyback from the Fed, right? And, and that is why I think it's interesting to say, to see that Reggie Middleton and his analysts say that it's interesting and it's a good idea to maybe make a claim. And then we even had David Schwartz in regards to Coinbase and these other exchanges not giving up their Songbird flair, not, not giving the holders their Songbird flair, saying that those XRP holders have a claim as well. Now we get Fred Rispoli another lawyer based out of California who's filed a class action lawsuit against Coinbase for Songbird and Flair, who I'm going to be having a conversation with next week, really looking forward to it. This is where the adults have taken the conversation. Like I said, I wish that we didn't have to get the lawyers involved, but I want to figure out what claim I need to make. Now, the, the committee's working on whether XRP's, you know, it was 37,000 last year. That offended everyone last year when the Federal Reserve, you know, buyback committee, whatever, when the committee, the, the idea initially made its waves through the community last year. Uh, everyone was offended because the price, the valuation was 37,000 last year. Okay, this year when the committee started up, it was 50K. Molly Elmore, she just shared a valuation model today that was at 100,000. And so Molly offended everyone, uh, and I love to see it. And, I, you know, there, I, there was flaws within the valuation, you know, and I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert. But, but one flaw within the valuation, within the assumption that I don't think is right, is that they didn't include the transactions, uh, the, the, the ability to use the same XRP uh, in the same day which I think is kind of a mistake in the valuation model. I mean, you have to account for that, right? I, I mean, but it gets complex, these valuation models, and it's above my level. It's above my pay grade, right? So I'm not here to say that it's all BS. That part, not putting that into your calculation, though, I think is a miss. But once again, I'm not going to get offended. I don't care. 50K XRP, 100K XRP. My, my friend XRP Lion thinks that God has revealed to him that the price of XRP is going to be 300000 
I don't care about that price. What I care about is understanding what claims do we need to make as XRP holders? How are we going to be able to keep this asset? I want to become my own bank. I want to pass these assets on down to my family. Generational wealth. What claims do we need to have? Then we take the issue to corporate governance. And we understand that our United States corporation is bankrupt. We have a debt crisis. We have a currency crisis. If XRP ain't going to be part of the solution, then what is going to be the solution? Damn it. We're not here to get everyone to come to our table. Not everyone's meant to be at our, our table. They'll, they'll never be at our table. And that's, you know, unfortunate for them because they're going to get emotionally caught up. They're going to get offended by my red folder. They're going to get offended because someone, you know, comes up with an equation, evaluation model that they don't like, that they think is impossible. And they're going to miss why the whole damn conversation matters. What the hell is your solution? You got your little developer mind and you think that it's just impossible for XRP to do this. Great. That's fantastic. But what the hell are we going to do about the debt in the currency crisis? No matter whether we think XRP is worth 50 cents, $5, 50000 how the hell do we solve this issue in the United States of America? Because I'm not worried about building generational wealth and be able to pass that on down to my family. I will do it even if we get caught up in a battle here with XRP and even if I'm not able to use XRP and XRP doesn't work out, I'm still going to create generational wealth for my family. I am not worried about that and I have zero doubt about that. But as an American, I want to have the conversation around solving our debt and currency crisis. Uh, I want to acknowledge when we look at our financial statement, our balance sheet of this country, when we do the valuation models of the standing of our government, I want to talk about the $100 trillion in unfunded liabilities. I want to cut spending. I want to demand that they cut spending in D.C. I want to demand that they hold the SEC accountable for the corruption, not just the damages against XRP holders, all of the corruption. All we want is a level playing field. All we want is sound money. All we want is low or no taxes. All we want is the government to allow us to build our businesses. And to me, the whole conversation, did we mislabel it? Well, we didn't label it. The committee didn't label it the 50K Federal Reserve buyback. That was the community, the XRP community, I guess. That wasn't Jimmy, right? So, so who mislabeled it? I don't know. Is it mislabeled? That, that's a conversation we can have. I don't care. Let's just get to the conversation that matters. Don't be offended. It's just a red folder. I don't want to lose my documents like our president did. I want to be able to keep my, safe, my documents safe. Don't want to lose them. And for me, The documents contained within this red folder, I am going to keep, I'm keeping a record of, I'm compiling them because this is a conversation that has taught me so much. And it is 
bringing about, in my opinion, and many others, the most mature conversation around the fair market value of XRP. And like Jimmy said, it's almost a Trojan horse because now we get people to expose, expose to the conversation that our country's been ran by a United States corporation that is not constitutional. We've been hijacked. And then they allowed these central bankers to take over our monetary policy and destroy 100% of the value of our currency since their inception. And then we are going to run up deficits year over year now in the trillions of dollars. We acknowledge that we have trillions of dollars missing within the pensions, the BIS documents. 80 trillion missing from the pensions. Quadrillions of dollars that needs to be revalued, reset, restructured. And it's not about XRP getting all the money. There's other blockchains that are going to win and have a need, a real use case, solve a real problem, are getting adopted by real players. But it's about figuring out how we are going to save this country. Because, once again, I've said, it's simple. In my perfect world, I don't think that this would be too hard to do. How do we solve these issues? The debt, currency, and liquidity crisis. Some of the debt has to be restructured and written off. Some of it wasn't ran up by the people of America. It was ran up by the sellout politicians in D.C. and other entities, third, third, third party uh, un-American, uh, unelected officials and parties and institutions and entities that are working against the American people that racked up this debt that the American people didn't sign on for. So some of the debt has to be restructured and written off. Well, some has to be written off. All of it has to be restructured. From there, in my ideal world, it's very simple. We back a United States CBDC, buy gold, and we build it on the XRP ledger. It's so simple. And you have our Treasury Department cut a deal with Ripple. They're able to acquire $5 billion, $10 billion XRP. And they hold XRP on their balance sheet as a reserve digital currency. And they use XRP for the multiple utilities that you, know, you can utilize on the XRP ledger. All the way from payments, treasury flows, derivatives, securities, bonds, real estate. And we allow... We, we allow uh, the American people to build on the XRP ledger as well. We allow American banks and financial institutions to adopt XRP on their balance sheets and start to use XRP for their payments on the wholesale level. And, you know, I, I would assume that if that deal was done properly, and I, I would assume that Ripple would be glad to help our treasury. They were glad to accept Rosie, the 43rd treasurer of the United States, to join their board of directors. So I would assume that Ripple would be glad to help out our treasury department, right? So they give them a deal on XRP. And then the real value of XRP, the real utility is unlocked. And XRP goes to a higher price. Further allowing our country to pay off that debt. Reset, reestablish a reserve currency status. And solve the liquidity crisis. But that's a perfect world. We don't live in that world. And, you know... Regardless, the haters are going to, still going to call us delusional. The haters are still going to think that we have some nefarious agenda with this committee, right? 
instead of just recognizing that we're just some Americans just talking about XRP, and actually there's people that aren't even Americans in the committee as well. We're just some people that are trying to unlock the real value of XRP, have a conversation about the fair market value, and talk about our, our you know debt, currency, and liquidity crisis. That's all we're trying to do. In America, we're supposed to have that free speech ability, but apparently we're not allowed to talk about some ideas. We're not allowed to put our documents in a red folder, and we're not allowed to have fun during a bear market. But the real ones understand where I come from. The real ones understand what I'm, the fight that I'm in. And I just continue in an effort of full transparency to show you guys how I'm navigating this crisis, how I'm navigating each one of these asset classes. And it's been an absolute pleasure to do so. I appreciate everyone so much for joining me in tonight's episode. On the way out, if you could do me a big favor, smash that thumbs up for me. Make sure we hit the notification bell and don't miss any of our content as we go live on a you know uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. And we've moved the time to 7 p.m., guys. So we're now going live at about 7 p.m. Obviously, late night session here. We got rolling after 8 o'clock. Here we are, 9.30 on the West Coast. You guys are already at midnight on the East Coast. And I appreciate everyone for sharing this message far and wide as well. The Discord is at my website. And you can also get in touch with my people who will get you your precious medals as well. Okay? Just go to my website. Hit that gold link. Get you some precious metals if you're interested. They will ship them directly to your house and they will also roll over that retirement account 401k program. Me, I just love it, man. I love it. I'm, I'm sorry for flashing, for flexing the flash here on that beautiful silver. Absolute pleasure. I appreciate all of you guys and I will see you guys tomorrow. We'll be doing our update. Okay, 7 o'clock Sunday session, 7 PST. God bless you all. Okay.